You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined by Riley Dodge, head coach, South Lake Carroll High School, and son of Todd Dodge. And Riley, I've known you since you were a player, and um, it's been great to watch your career ascend. You know, you were, uh, you know, OC analyst at Texas, and then, you know, you're moving on up, and now you're the head coach at South Lake Carroll, and, um, and that's where you won a state championship with your dad in 2006. Does that seem like just yesterday for you, or does it seem like a lifetime ago? Because you're only 33. Yeah, it's starting to feel like a lifetime ago just with, uh, you know, starting your own family, having three kids, and uh, so, but, um, you know, I get a, I get a reminder every day when I walk through the hallways of, uh, you know, all of our great memories. Yeah. I mean, take me take me back to 2006. What was that like? Because your dad is um, oh, he's legend. We'll get into his career and what that means to you. And the fact that you all faced off in a state championship game. I mean, the Dodges are the, you know, the first family of Texas high school football. But take me back to 2006 and what you remember most about that season. You're the quarterback at South Lake Carroll. Um, you you win the state championship. But what do you remember most about that season? Yeah, it was an unbelievable year. Um, you know, I was a part of the 05 team. Uh, I was kind of a Swiss Army knife on that team with Greg McRoy as our starting quarterback. Played quarterback, played receiver, a little running back, and played returner. So it was a little bit of everything in 05 as a sophomore and then – I knew obviously going in 2006, Greg's leaving and, uh, you know, it's going to be my show. And, um, you know, being a coach's kid and, you know, Chip, we've talked about this and, uh, you know, that's that's all I've ever wanted. And I, all I want to do was, you know, I want to be a coach's kid and play quarterback, you know, and I didn't care if that was at South Lake Carroll or at Cameron, Texas and, and uh, for being a yeoman. But um, it was surreal. I mean, we had a magical run. We had a great football team and then go all the way to the state championship and, finished a deal against Austin Westlake. And that's another storyline and in itself back in 06. Um, but it, it was a, uh, it was a fun time. Yeah. I mean, now were you the one who threw up in the middle of the game? I was. <laughs> okay. So take me back to that. Cause that, yeah. that's amazing. Like I know it's a little gross for our listeners and our viewers, but, but take me back to the circumstances of that. Cause I don't think you came out of the game. No, I didn't. No. Um, so kind of leading up to that, I was a, uh, you know, I threw for, you know, a ton of yards, but I was also very, um, I was more of a dual threat. I could run a little bit and we got, I got banged up against Odessa Permian. I think it was the third round. So I had a bad high ankle sprain, had a couple of broken ribs and they were bandaging me up, you know, each and every week to get me to the, to the field. And uh, I started feeling a little bit healthier, you know, going to the state championship game and the adrenaline was pumping, the ankles feeling okay. And so I started running around a little bit and I got de- I was pretty dehydrated. I hadn't run like that in a long time. And, you know, it was late in the fourth quarter and, you know, they were in a zero man coverage and we had a, a great, you know, call at the time. And I just knew that I had to get the, you know, the ball snapped and, and uh, threw up and, 
made the made the play. So yeah, that's that's something a lot of people won't talk to me about. Sure. Yeah, sorry about that. But no, it's it, it is kind of amazing. Like you you see the it'd be, it'd be, he's yeah, calling audible and then he's like, okay, yeah. on three. Huh? You know. Glad I went uh, glad glad I went for uh six instead of uh like an incompletion or ball hit me in the face. So yeah, exactly. I mean that's the 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 positive end yeah, to the no. story is that it was a touchdown. But yeah. uh so you know, you're playing for your dad and, and, and then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but here you are, you're the coach at South Lake Carroll. He's the coach at Westlake and you're playing each other in a state championship game in 2020. What was that like? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's nuts. I mean, we've had, we've had some, you know, crazy stories. I mean, um, just inside of our own family, um, you know, amazing journeys for my dad, for myself and, you know, in our playing careers and our coaching careers so far. And obviously with him retiring, some amazing stories. But, uh, you know, that was that was unbelievable. And I think the really cool thing about that, um, you know, they had an amazing team. We had a really good football team as well. We came up short. The crazy thing about that is just and everybody listening to this podcast knows that this the competition in the state of Texas um, in class six, a division one in the state of Texas. I mean, we're biased here, but, um, I think that path and that classification, that division is the hardest in the country. Yeah. Uh, it's the hardest road too. And for both of us to get there, for, for both of us to go compete for a state championship against each other is, is a uh, very cool story. Um, it was an amazing evening. I think it's something that when, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, we'll get an opportunity to really look back on that. And, uh, you know, very, very special. Yeah, no doubt about it. When you look back, your dad retires from Westlake, three straight state championships. You know, what stands out to you about your dad's career and maybe something that goes unappreciated? Um, he just has – he hasn't batted an eye. Um, I think everybody thinks with the run we had at Westlake, the one run we had – or the run he had at Westlake, the run we had at Carroll, um, everything's been, you know – they're all rainbows and butterflies. Um, you know, before we got to Carroll, we never made it. He never made the playoffs. Um, he's grinding, grinding, grinding. Um, I mean, he's an amazing, he's an amazing teacher of the game. Um, he has an amazing way to get his point across to his coaching staff, amazing way to teach the game to uh, 15, 18 year old kids um, so they can go out and play fast. Um, but a, a guy that just never, just even kill, never bat an eye, um, you know, adversity never really phased him. And uh, just very proud, um, you know, to be to, to been a player of his and then also to be a son. Yeah. And he went through the crucible of playing quarterback at Texas, went 19 and four as a starter. But, you know, he came on this podcast. This is probably the first father son, you know, we've had on the flagship podcast, but said, look, I was booed by 80,000 walking out of the tunnel before a game. And those same 80,000 were cheering me. <laughs> when I threw the winning touchdown pass in that game, you know, yeah. and that those are formative years, Riley. Mm -hmm. I mean, 18 to 24, you know, he comes out as the all time, you know, passer in Texas schoolboy history um, out of high school and then, you know, faces all that adversity. How do you think that also shaped him as a coach? Yeah, I think it was everything. I mean, what an amazing crash course to uh, for, you know, an 18 to 21 year old kid um, 
to get ready for the workforce. And then also the work, the work he's going into is, uh, is, you know, is a coaching profession. So I don't think there was, I, th- I don't think probably there was anyone more prepared than him at that time uh, to hop into it. And uh, those are the same lessons he taught me. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also thankful that I got an opportunity to play the quarterback position. Um, I think it prepares you for life. Um, there's a lot of things you go through. Everybody wants to pat you on the bat when, back when things are going great. And then when things are going bad, you know, you're going to be the scapegoat, you know, if it's your fault or not. Yeah. So, but, you know, and that's the same thing with coaching. You know, if everything's going great, you know, you're the hero. If not, we all know how that goes. And so, but it definitely prepares you. And those are definitely you know, life lessons that he taught me. What did he tell you about his days at Texas? Well, he absolutely loved them. I mean, but there was definitely ups and downs, right? So, um, you know, you know, always a story going. I think it was maybe the '83 year going into um, they had uh, hosted Auburn, Bo Jackson win, um, go on the road, beat another one, uh, number one, uh, number one team in the country in Penn State, and uh, won a roll for a while, and then obviously got beat by Georgia late in that year. And um, but yeah, ups and downs, but uh, some great memories. Yeah, we'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast with Riley Dodge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Riley, when you look back on that, uh, I want to go back to the the championship game where you faced your dad, because um, that that ended up being Quinn Ewers last high school football game, um, and we'll we'll get to Quinn Ewers because obviously our our viewers or listeners are very excited about anticipation about Quinn Ewers, but when you go back to that that uh, that state championship game, um, you know, talk about the journey to that game in the playoffs and what, what was special about that team for you? Uh, yeah, for a lot of reasons. Um, we returned absolutely no one on defense, um, no one with experience, not even a backup was uh, had any experience um, underneath their belts. So we had zero coming back on defense. Um, I believe we had four or five coming back on offense. Those four or five were talented, but you know, not a ton of experience on offense. Um, so early in the season, I mean, it was a, uh, you know, it was kind of trial by error. You know, we were trying to figure out who we were as a football team. The kids, we just kept getting better and better and better and just creating confidence inside of our of our field house. And we went on a run in the playoffs and started knocking off some really good people. Um, you know, Arlington Martin was very, very talented. Um, they were a team that probably, you know, uh, you know, talent-wise, definitely more talented than us. Um, but uh, – and then obviously going to beat Dunkville in the semifinals, so it was huge for us. And I got COVID – um, missed the semifinal game 
Uh, Quinn missed eight games that year. So that's another testament to, you know, our program. I mean, we had a, we had two uh, two quarterbacks that came in and, you know, won playoff games for us, kept our season live, went on the road to West Texas, beat Odessa Permian without Quinn. Um, you know, obviously we got Quinn back for the uh, Arlington Martin game and we went on a run. Um, but, you know, it was, a, it was a crazy year, COVID, obviously. Um, that was a huge headline. But, uh, you know, I'm just very proud of our kids and the resilience the resilience uh, that we had. And, you know, I think we're probably a year ahead of, ahead of schedule um, on that 2020 uh, state championship run. Yeah, because I think your team was – I don't know. I was looking at YouTube, but I think your team was ranked 21st when you beat Duncanville, who was like fifth. Yeah. That was a, that was a win. No one had you winning. And then boom, you're in the in the state championship game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that- yeah, it was wild. I mean, obviously, you know, going to that, we've we've played we've played Dunkville every year since I've been here, either quarterfinals or semifinals. That's going to be a huge uh, roadblock for us. Um, you know, something that we've uh, you know had trouble with and uh, got over in 2020. But uh, yeah, not a lot of people thought we could get done besides the kids in the locker room, and uh, they just fought their you know fought their butts off uh, that evening in uh, in Arlington. What'd you learn about Quinn Ewers in that season? Uh, just tough as nails, you know. It uh, just kind of a freak injury. Had double hernia surgery um, after Keller early in district play, and uh, just very unexpected. Uh, flared up out of nowhere, and you know, some you know probably uh, you know he rehabbed the crap out of um, his hips and uh, found a way to get back. You know, a lot. I think a lot of kids probably would not have come back. They would have hung it up and say, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'll, I'll try to find a way to get back next year and uh the kid battled um and i think too a lot of people like you know what you know what if but you know um the one thing i think people are going to see at the university of texas with quinn i mean he's a he's a heck of an athlete now i mean the kid can really run i mean it, uh, it showed up as a sophomore we ran him quite a bit as a sophomore and he's a strider he runs more like a quarter miler but once he gets it once he gets going he can run away from people and uh, just extending plays. Um, and that's something he wasn't able to do his junior year really at all. And, uh, you know, it was frustrating for him at times. But I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise, too. I mean, he really had to sit in the pocket and process things and go through it. And uh, But, um, you know, I think the one the, – the thing that comes up to me, obviously, he's uber talented. He's got a lot of ability. Um, but I think one of the prerequisites you want in a quarterback is a guy that's tough. And, and, and uh, University of Texas has got a tough quarterback. And I mean, I watched a lot of film of your teams. You ran a lot of quick game. He had, it looked like he had good touch on those little, you know, tunnel screens, but then he could launch it too. I mean, talk about the variety in your offense and all the ways that his arm was utilized. Yeah, I mean, he can touch uh, 53 yards wide. Um, I mean, he's going to touch every, he can touch every blade of grass in the field. Uh, he's one of those generational talents when it comes to arm strength. Um, I think probably the one thing that's uh, the most impressive thing about him is how twitchy he is as a thrower. Um, I mean, he can put the ball in the perimeter, quick game, spits, RPOs, just really – I'm talking about 10 to 12 yards down the field or from zero from the line of scrimmage to 12 yards down the field, um, better than, I, than anybody I've ever seen in, in live. I mean, the ball is out and it is quick. And it's going to be an extension of the run game for the, the Longhorns. I mean – when you have a kid that's twitchy and you get the ball out of a blink of an eye, it really stresses defenses. Um, you know, he's not a slow blinker. I mean, he can really rip the football and get the ball out of his hands. And what um, – I mean, obviously you had uh, – you know, you had talented players, but what 
what kind of uh, what kind of teammate is he? You know, when things are rough, um, when things are down, how is he with the sideline and that kind of thing? Yeah, he's an even keel kid. I mean, he really is. Um, you now he's a fire competitor. Now, I mean, when he gets in between the white lines, but uh, he knows as a quarterback, it's a long football game. I mean, he can throw uh, he can throw a touch on the first play of the game, and he can be the last. And he's gonna be you're gonna get the same reaction out of Quinn. Um, and even on the sidelines, I mean, just he understands like he's hungry for more. Um, and so you're gonna get an even keel kid, ups and downs. He's gonna be the same. He's gonna be the same dude and. Uh, um, you know, he's a great teammate. He's a great teammate. But I think the one thing he's, he's very consistent in who he is day in, day out. He's not going to be someone who's not. In terms of, I don't, and you tell me, cause I know everything advances as you move. Um, but in terms of studying film and diagnosing defenses and recognizing when they're in man, when they're in zone, uh, take me through that in terms of his development. He takes the board to the grass very, very quickly. Um, you know, he's, he's played, he played a lot of football for us, which could play one more year for us selfishly. Um, but, um, you know, as a sophomore, I think you try to figure out, I think it's the same thing. You know, Sark's going to try to figure out with him during spring ball, fall camp. And once again, in the summertime, how much can this kid handle? Right. Um, and that was the same thing for me as, you know, taking the transition from his freshman year to sophomore in high school, how much can we put on this kid's play? We had a really talented group that were around him, some really, some really cool tools that we had. Um, we had tied in Blake Smith that went to AM. and uh, We had a really good running back, so so on and so forth. But, you know, as you went out, you know, three or four games, like, man, we can put a lot of, we can put a lot of things on this, this kid's play formationally um, and, and, you know, and let him make us right. So, uh, to answer your question, Chip, I mean, he's going to be able to do a lot. And um, kid loves the film room. He's a sponge. Um, but the thing about, you know, the thing about Quinn, he's not a guy that's going to overpower you with questions. Um, he's going to sit there. He's going to take notes. He's a sponge. And then you're going to see, you're like, you're like, is he taking it in? And then and then he's going to go to the grass. And he's not a bus guy. He's not a Mr. Simon guy. Um, he takes it seriously. Um, but he's a he's a smart cat. And when you, uh, you know, when you see him in, in that, when things get, you know, fourth quarter, one possession game, maybe down three, down four, what kind of, you know, makeup does he have in those situations? You got to check his pulse a little bit. To be honest with you. you know, sometimes I wanted him to be like in the guy's faces and, you know, and sometimes like I had to check myself internally. Like, like, do I need to calm down? Because this kid... <laughs> I mean, he is ice and uh, he's, I mean, he's going around talking to the guys, but I mean, it is, it is cold. And uh, I kind he kind of reminds me of Joe Burrow a little bit. I mean, Joe's a fiery competitor. He, he gets after it. And, uh, but he's not a like just over the top obnoxious leader. And, and I think some of us know who some of those guys are. I mean, he's, that's not him, who he is. Yeah. What uh, I mean in terms of his love of the game, like I asked Serena Williams this one time at Wimbledon. I said, "Do you love tennis, or is this just something you're good at?" What mm -hmm. do you What do you think in terms of Quinn? Yeah, I think he loves the game. Um, I think you know, with him, um, I think that's all he likes to hunt. He likes to fish and play football, and um, you know, he's not a uh, that's really about it, to be honest with you. He likes hanging out with his buddies, and, uh, and he loves the game. 
You know, I think I think this past year has been has been a tough one for him. Um, it's been a challenging year for him. Um, he's got a lot of people, you know, wanting his attention, and um, you know, but there are conversations and you know, and kind of working through the process of everything. I mean, the kid just wants to play football, and and we're trying to make the main thing the main thing. And uh, he's got amazing people in his inner circle, and uh, you know, we're going to try to make uh, this experience at the University of Texas fun for him. Yeah, I mean, the decision to go to Ohio State, reclassify, go to Ohio State, you know, why why do you think he did that? Because, um, you know, people were like, oh, he wants NIL money. Um, but why do you think he did that? You know, I think it's a great question, Chip. I think, you know, for me, like when it all went down, I wanted the best for the kid. Um, I gave him my two cents, um, you know, what I thought about the decision. Um, and that's okay. You know, it's that's that's what Quinn and his family decided to do. Um, decided to go to Ohio State, uh, make that leap. Um, obviously, it didn't work out, but he's back where he should have been. You know, started off. You know, in my opinion, and uh, he's the best situation for him on and off the field. An amazing staff. I mean, who do you want more? You know, to develop you as a quarterback than Steve Sarkeesian. Um, I've really enjoyed my uh, time with Steve, talking ball with him, and. Uh, I, I think Quinn's in an amazing spot uh, as a quarterback. And, you know, I think that he's the first one. I mean, he's the guinea pig for it all. I mean, I'm, I'm sure one day there'll be a 30 for 30 on this thing. I mean, it was absolutely nuts. Um, but uh, I think he's handled really well. Um, you don't see him in the media. You don't see him on Twitter. You don't see him on Instagram. I mean, um, I, know he, I know he understands the opportunity he has. And uh, he doesn't want to be one of those guys. You know, he wants to be someone that's, you know, remember for football, not NIL. Yeah. And when, I mean, what do you think he gained? You know, obviously it was, I've, from what I've heard, it was not a great experience at Ohio State. He gets there, he didn't have any bonds with any of his recruiting class because he wasn't there with him throughout the summer and, you know, most fall camp. And then I think he went through COVID protocol and yeah. it just was like, ugh. Yeah. What, but what do you think maybe maturity wise or appreciation wise that did for him? I think with a little bit of back end of his junior year with his injury and then going to Ohio State, I mean, the kids, um, the kids experienced a little adversity um, in the last nine months, um, something that he probably hasn't been accustomed to. I think leaving home, you know, doing something different um, and being very abrupt. I think that obviously it was planned out and thought out. But then when it happened, like, wow, like I'm not in South Lake Texas more. I'm not a senior in high school. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a college football player. I'm a – essentially a professional football player now. Right. And so I think that, uh, I think he's grown up in the last nine months. Um, I mean, he's a very mature kid to start off with, but, uh, you know, when you start making these decisions and I mean, big boy decisions, um, you gotta, you know, you gotta take ownership of them. And I think he's definitely has. So you mentioned it, he comes in, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, but you also, we just talked about your dad, you know, he, he lived the life of the Texas quarterback, you know, there's probably no more scrutinized position in college athletics than the Texas quarterback, other than maybe the, the Notre Dame, Alabama, or, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, Ohio state quarterback, but it's, it's a lot. Um, you, you grew up around it, you know, the microscope, the glare, the hundred thousand fans who are going to be coaching him on every, on every down. Um, how much expectation should there be in year one for Quinn? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I'm not super in tune with, you know, I obviously know Hudson. Um, I think Hudson's a great player, you know, but I'm not just super in tune with what um, they got on, on campus. Um, but I think Quinn's going to, I mean, he's going to make a push. Um, he's going to make it interesting for everybody in that room. And I think he's going to make people around him better just by his talent. Um, but, you know, I think going back to the pressures of playing quarterback at the University of Texas, the 100,000, the scrutiny, you know, I mean, what else would you want? You know, that's – as a quarterback, as a competitor, that's – I mean, you don't want to be anywhere else. I mean, you know, has it gone great the last, you know, 10, 12 years? Probably, you know, not great. No, it hasn't um, for the quarterback room as a whole. Um, but I think you got a great head coach. you got a great um, – you got a great quarterback mind and your head coach and offensive play caller. And then on top of it, you know, I think they're starting to build a little bit of a culture and a little bit of identity in that quarterback room and all exactly what they want. Yeah. And it's, um, it's the ground floor. I mean, in a lot of ways, because Sark is trying to build his, you know, his culture, his identity. He gets yeah. this great recruiting class with offensive and defensive linemen and Quinn yours. Um, it's, you know, from a formative stage, you said he's quiet, cool. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm sure fans listening to this are trying to picture Quinn Ewers and winter workouts and what his interactions like with mm-hmm. teammates. If he's just going through offseason conditioning, what, what's his personality in that situation? I think where he knows, and I just think the most comfortable thing, what way he leads is leading by example, um, trying to win every rep being the first in line. I mean, he, he's going to talk. I mean, he's he's not a he's not just going to sit around there and not say a word. I mean, he's going to go slap him on the butt, and he's going to encourage. He's going to be – he's a great encourager of people. Um, and I think the one thing that I noticed about him at a young age is when he was a sophomore, going to be a sophomore, um, when we're going into that season, um, he was the youngest kid on our offense, and we had a veteran football team. A lot of juniors going to be seniors – that, you know, that senior class was very talented, went to go play college football, but they played a lot of ball together too. Um, and here comes this young quarterback, and he was a magnet. Like, that's the only person in the hallway they want to be around. That's the only person in the community they want to be around in the hallways. Like, without him going over top, like, that's who they want to be around. They want to follow him. Um, and that says a lot, you know. Um, but I think with him, I mean, he's going to be a you know leader by example on and off the field. Um you know, and, and being a great, great encourager of his teammates. But I also think, too, like he knows that he's the quarterback and he's going to get a lot of attention. And he makes he makes it for certain in that locker room. It's not about him. And I think that's also how you lead as a quarterback. And the mullet. Oh, man. Bad look. Bad look. I've been I've been trying to get that that situated for about three years now. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a situation. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's a bad deal, and uh, you know, hopefully one day I think I might pull. Uh, I, I'm sure there's some people that love it, and sure there's and some people indifferent, and then there's some people that just absolutely hate it. Um, so I might uh, next time I see him come with Austin, I might uh, do a sneak attack with some scissors. We'll see. <laughs> what's what's the attachment? He just rolled with it, you know, going like around his sophomore year. And I was like, what are we doing? And <laughs> now, I mean, obviously, I, you know, being a quarterback in Southlake, we're, 
you know, you know, a large, we're not large. I mean, we're, we're middle of the road six, a, but we're still a small town, um, small community, but, um, everybody's a dragon and everybody knows who the starting quarterback is. And here comes Quinn and he's lighting on fire all over the place. Number one player in the country. He's got a mullet. And now every kid in Southlake's got a mullet. So how about that? <laughs> all of his buddies start getting mullet. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely a bad deal curling our field house. <laughs> so if, if we roll into Southlake, yeah. If we roll into Southlake right now yeah. and head over to the 7 Eleven or whatever, we're going to see some mullets. We are going to see some mullets. It's uh, it's made it come back in a in a bad way. I mean, I I ask them all the time. I say, when y'all wake up in the morning, y'all look in the mirror, y'all like, man, I look good. That's what yeah, I'm like. Gosh, dang! I'm just trying to help you guys out. Like that's all I'm trying to do. I care about you guys. I'm just trying to help y'all out. And right now, it's not good. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Okay, so I mean, in the fans' minds. Quinn Ewers is already the starting quarterback, you know, I mean, because he's the highest rated recruit since Vince Young. He has the same recruiting ranking as Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence led Clemson to the national championship as a freshman, even though they had tons of NFL talent everywhere. I mean, their receiving core was T. Higgins, Justin Ross, you know, Amari Rogers, Hunter Renfro. You know, forget that he had NFL players all around him. They just see the recruiting ranking, yeah. and they think, oh, Quinn, yours. We're going to be way better at the quarterback position than we were a year ago. But you know from playing the position, you've, you're coaching it, it, it's a lot. And Sarkeesian's offense is a lot. I mean, you tell the fans what it's like to have to call all those motions, protections, and keep an eye on the defense in case you have to change any of that at the line. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think he nailed it. I think the first thing is obviously he got to get super dialed in to – I mean, he's he's in a brand-new offense now. So, I mean, he's got to be super dialed in to what, you know, uh, coaches um, coaching and then also be, you know, super dialed in to checks and, you know, his guys and what his guys are capable of doing. Um, you know, I played the quarterback position and, you know, uh, my most successful years playing the quarterback position were when I had, like, real dudes around me. Um, that I can make a five-yard throw when they take a 50. Um, that's what I tell my young quarterbacks all the time. In the Dallas Morning News, it says, you know, Quinn Ewers threw a touchdown for 50 yards, but it was a five-yard touch, you know. And so I think the biggest thing for him is obviously, you know, with the whole quarterback room, they got to have dudes in the room. But, you know, he's got to be super dialed in to um, the offense and the answers and, you know, inside that offense. And when things don't look perfect, where do I go football, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, I think that the quarterback position is the hardest position to play in all of sport. And, uh, you know, you got to control a lot of different personalities as well. Um, you got to lead um, in the right way. But uh, you got to have some you got some dudes around you um, for it to run. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think, Xavier Worthy is a dude and, I think this Isaiah Nayor, who they got from Wyoming, from Arlington mm -hmm. Martin, mm -hmm. who was kind of a late bloomer there, like transferred in, was a basketball player. They found yeah. him as like a sophomore and basketball player, put him into winter conditioning, and then no one knew about him coming out. So I think he was with, uh, was like with Trevon West, who mm -hmm. went to OU, and another kid who went to Sam Houston State, but in that receiving core. But those guys will will help, and then they got you know, young blood on the offensive line and, and they're going to be growing up together 
uh, in that from that 2022 uh, recruiting class. Riley, what what else? You know, when you think of your time with Quinn, maybe highlights or you know the moment that people didn't really see that impressed you, or you know, just kind of that anything else question that you think is important for people to know about Quinn Ewers? Um, you know, I think he answered a lot of questions for me in his junior year when he got hurt. Um, and what he did behind the scenes when no one else was watching to get back for his teammates. I mean, that speaks volumes about someone's character. I mean, someone that flew all the way up to Pennsylvania to have double uh, hernia surgery as an 18-year-old, come all the way back home, rehab, 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 could not touch the football, could not run for eight to nine weeks, and then was not fully cleared to play against Arlington Martin, who had one of the top defenses in the state of Texas, and could not run, um, still stitched up. I mean, well, I mean, what a warrior. I mean, but that answered every question I had for him. And the process after even Arlington Martin game – you know, from the quarterfinals to semifinals to state championship, what we had to do with him during the week to get him ready for game day, I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, so, I mean, there everybody's, you know, people, you know, the kid's been, you know, under the microscope for a long time now. Um, number one player in the country, but that's not his fault. Like, he's just been playing ball. And, you know, people are going to give him these awards and these these stars or these, you know, points or whatever it may be. Um, but you're getting a great kid that loves ball, um, that's tough as nails. And when you have a guy that has intangibles and is tough as nails and on top of very, very talented, it usually works out. So now it's just about him putting his head down and going to work. When you say the things you had to do to get him ready were like, no one understands, you know, and him still being stitched up. What, what was that? What was that preparation like? I mean, I mean, the, the amount of reps that he got during the week was, was very, very limited. I mean, because he was just so he was just so tight and so worn out from the week before. And the process of healing, I mean, I mean, we're going to the state championship game uh, against Austin Westlake. I mean, we really didn't know if he was going to be able to get me because he took a beating against Dunkville. We didn't know if he was going to be able to – when he woke up the next morning, um, it wasn't good. Um, so, I mean, that's – Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, we were rolling with our with our backup, and he comes in light practice on Thursday, full on Friday. But we're talking maybe a full practice on Friday, but our practice on Friday is more of a walkthrough. So, um, but he was going to do everything he could to get on the field, and he gave us the best chance to win. And so we we rolled with him. And so I, you know, I told him after that season that I'll tell him to this day. I mean, he earned he earned my respect. I mean. If he hadn't already earned it, he definitely earned it, you know, um, as a junior in high school. Is he a guy who will, um, you know, you're as the quarterback at Texas, if you want to be the celebrity quarterback, you can be the celebrity quarterback. How would you describe his, his demeanor with the adulation? Let's say he pulls off something crazy like an upset win, you know, over Alabama in week two. I, I'm not trying to you know, but how will he handle the success? You know, it sounds like you've laid out how he'll handle the adversity, but how will he handle the success? Do you think? Yeah. Um, I guess that would be to see, to be seen. Um, you know, I, I think that he's going to, uh, 
you know, obviously it, I was with Johnny Manziel at, at A&M. So, you know, so I've, I've been on the Manziel side of everything, Heisman Trophy winner and then with Quinn. So I've had a unique uh, deal in the last, you know, 10 to 12 years. Um, you know, he, I, I'm telling you, like, you know, he's going to be excited now. I mean, you might, you might see him out and about, but he, uh, he likes country music. He likes hunting, fishing, and he don't like to be out very much and likes to hang out with buddies, play a little ping pong. So, I mean, he's a pretty simple dude. And, uh, but I'm, I'm sure if they want a big home, you know, big road win on, uh, against Alabama or something like that or head to a national championship, um, he'll be pretty excited. But he also understands his work to be done. Well, it's a great conversation, Riley. I, I really appreciate the time. Great, great insight. And and how are the Dragons looking? Yeah, we're doing good. Obviously, in offseason right now, about to start track. And um, got a talented group coming back on offense. Got a big offensive line. And got Owen Allen, who's been here forever for us. Um, you know, four-year starter. He's an all-time leading rusher in, in uh, you know, Carroll Dragon history. Um, and only, go, you know, going into his senior year. And then... Caden Anderson, who took over for Quinn, had a heck of a year, uh, made small state teams. and um, But uh, we have we have a talented group. It's um, coming back. We've got to fill a couple holes, but uh, we're excited to make another run at it. You're going to pull your dad up there? just to... I told him, I said, uh, I said off the record, we'll make him a, uh, I guess, you know, everybody's got these fancy names now, so we'll make him like a senior analyst. <laughs> Let him stay ahead of special he's gonna assistant to the head yeah, coach. Special assistant to head coach. Something we'll make a really cool title. Um, he'll be able to stay still staying out in Horseshoe Bay, enjoy that golf, hop on, you know, Zoom some Zoom calls with me. So he, uh, I think the only reason he wants a title or anything, he just wants some gear. So, so he's just trying to he's trying to use his uh, son a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> oh yeah, he wants to hang out with his grandkids. No right? doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Riley, great stuff, man. Uh, continued success to you, my friend. And thanks so much for the time today. I appreciate it, Chip. Thanks for having me. All right. For Riley Dodge, I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com. We'll see you over there. Until next time here on the Flagship Podcast, uh, stay safe and keep the faith.